I'm looking out the window of an old broken down farmhouse, watching my dad as he just pulled into the drive. It was a late summer evening. There was still daylight, but you could see that the moon was going to be bright that night. I was six years old, and I still remember the smell of supper that evening that my mom was making. Macaroni and cheese and pork and beans. I looked back outside at my father as he crawled out of his old beat-down, rusted-out 1983 Courier pickup. It was a glorified Tonka truck. I could tell he was tired, and he had been out in the sun all day framing houses in a nearby town. He got out of his truck, and he walked into the old dairy barn that was on our farm. Dad was feeding out and raising pigs for extra money. But I remember, but what I remember distinctly about this night was him walking out and picking up and filling two five-gallon buckets of water, so full that the water was spilling out of them as he carried them out to the sows on the feedlot. Raising hogs like this was already a thing of the past. Everyone else had moved into confinement buildings. Dad was still doing it the hard way. As he carried a full bucket of water in each hand, I remember thinking how big his arms were, and how could he carry those heavy buckets after he was so tired from such a long day. He was a superhero to a six-year-old boy looking out a window and watching through the old broken window. So when I think about these American hands, I think about all those people before me, my family, my friends, and even those who I've never met who sacrificed and persevered for me, for you, through torn up, cut up, worn out, dirty hands, which have offered me the privilege to live in the greatest country in the world. And I refuse to be the last one where that mentality dies. Welcome, ladies and, and gentlemen, that, to these American that, hands. Welcome. I think I took your thumb. So welcome to the first episode of the of These American Hands. And that was a little blurb that I actually just wrote tonight as I was thinking Chris challenged me to write something. So I wrote something that is a uh, that is a memory from a long time ago that I have in my head. I'd say that's a little bit more than something. I think that I think that captures a lot about you and your feelings towards your old man. Which is which is great. I, I it's it says a lot volumes, and I know as we start to talk, we're going to hear more and more about our families. Um, but I think that's a great way to capture things. <clears throat> and I think for me to start, Justin and I have been talking about this a little bit um, about doing this podcast and what we would like to talk about on it. And we're going to get into those different topics and what those might be. So, but one of the last things we did was decide, okay, what's the name of this going to be? And like, what's the cover art maybe we can use for this? So we were throwing ideas back and forth to each other. And uh, Justin sends me over the cover art we're using now, you know, with the title across it, These American Hands. And, And when he sent it to me, originally I was at work, I saw it, and, uh, and I was I was skeptical. I kind of thought, is this is this really is this what we want to do? Not because I I don't have a I don't have a problem working your hands. I think it's a great thing. Um, but we're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about wrestling because we're both wrestling coaches, and, and we'll get into those things. 
and we're going to talk about people's struggles. And I'm like, I don't know if the hands are just more the trade side that he and I like so much. Um, and maybe that's going to be confusing. And then the longer I thought about it as the day went by, and I'm like, well, you know, hold on. You know, he and I both own homes and we have families and we've done a lot of work around our homes. And our fathers growing up did a lot of work on our homes. Um, his father being a contractor, my father is a truck driver uh, who owned his own one-man business. And, and that struggle was there for him and his family before him. And, and it, it does come down to the hands. And, and I started to see that it connected the dots. Um, it, it wasn't just the physical work that was being done, but it's, it's the part of the struggle, no matter who you are, we all have struggles and we all have to do things and we all have to work hard to get to where we want to be. And, and that and those hands embodied a lot of that, those dirty hands, those American hands uh, embodied the struggle that we all go through to get to where we want to be. And it's a process. Um, and sometimes, especially I think in, in today's world, we're so used to that instant gratification that when you're in the middle of it and you look down at your hands or you look down at that body of work you've been doing, you can take pride in that. And it's sometimes we have a hard time doing that because we're always like, well, I start here. I want to be there. And that process, the way getting there, that's, that's it. That's the meat and potatoes. That's the stories for the rest of it. It's not, and some of it will be, I started here, and some of it will be as here as I am, but some of the best stories and the best things that are going to happen to you and the worst things that are going to happen to you are going to be that middle part. And that's where I, I think it just sold. It, you know, it popped off in my head, and I'm like, you know what, Justin's right. I mean, he, he's, he's got a thing going here. Um, so, Justin, for you, I just want to tell you that the, the, the beginning, the cover art to this is great, and that story you opened up with uh, I thought was awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate hearing that. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, especially when when I feel like the things that you and I have talked about a lot of, uh, as far as kind of the some of the subject matter we want to cover with this, to me, it always ends up coming back to um, the hard work that you have to be able to put in. And it doesn't matter where, like you said, we both have grown up and raised in, in wrestling families. Um, we, we both have family members, um, both older than us and, and, you know, through our grandparents, our parents, uh, people our age that have worked hard and created a lot of inspiration for us to make us feel good about um, those things that you need to go out and accomplish. And so I just think that uh, I think some of the things that we're going to talk about on this, and I think the people that we're going to get on here, um, because I'm just, you know, as we keep talking about the people that we want to get on here, all of them that we've talked about all make me think about that. They all remind me of that. And of all, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to get into ourselves and stuff like that and what we do. Um, but I think quickly, I'm a father, you're a father, we're both coaches, we're both teachers, and I think we see, you and I daily, see both good and bad going on, and besides that, I think every generation has both good and bad going on, like, it's so easy to 
sit in sit where we're at and dwell on negativity. And also, um, it was actually interesting. I just heard a thing the other day about how typically if you if you poll people, if you talk to people and you say, well, how how are things in your family right now? The majority of people will say pretty good. Like things are pretty good. Yeah, my family's pretty good. And then they say, well, what about your town? How are things in your town or how are things in your community? Well, they're okay. They're not bad. Like, oh, well, that's great. Well, how about things in your state? How are things? Eh, eh. You know, yeah, everybody kind of feels that way. How about things in your country? Oh, they're awful. Oh, they're just, things are just falling apart. And, and the relation is that we really, when you think about it, the only knowledge that we have about our nation is just what we hear, really. You know, besides the fact that you're maybe if you travel all the time, but um, but for the most part, you feel comfortable about what you know, which is your family and your community, you know, and then when you get beyond that, things that you don't know are things that make you a little bit more uncomfortable or things that maybe don't quite sit as right with you. So I think that's an important thing to remember. But I think when we've you and I have discussed hey, what are the things that we want to talk about and the people we want to bring on? Um, they're, they're all people that inspire me. And I think that we're going to get into some good topics and some good cover. And and I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it too. <clears throat> and uh, I like the way you kind of worked into those different things that you're talking about. And, and it kind of just got me on another topic. Uh, at some point, I think I'm going to talk a little about uh, COVID travel. It doesn't have to be this ep- episode, but right before school started up again, um, my brother and I had a, some time because our school year got shifted back where in March we were going to go to Utah on a trip. Well, obviously, March is when everything really blew up in our country. So we put off the trip. So we get into August. We finally got two extra weeks. Well, he and I took a week. Um to go out to Utah and spend some time out there. And so when we did, it was it talk about going out of um, your comfortable environment. Um, and not, not because we went out to Utah. I mean, that was great. We did a bunch of hiking. But on the way there, you got to see how different people were reacting to what was going on. What states wore masks, which ones didn't wear masks. When you got into Denver, you got signs about wearing masks everywhere, and uh, you had a lot of things going on in there. Um, and then you got in other parts where things were a little bit more quiet and mellow, um, and we've all seen that. I mean, in our own towns, we've seen these things, but it was interesting to take a little bit of a trip across the country and, and see how it was affecting different people in different areas. So, I mean, one of the parts, we were in the Navajo Nation for a while, and they had been in a strict lockdown. So they, they perceived things even differently than other places we were coming in. So, uh, And that's, that's probably a little bit off from where we're going, but it does lead into a topic that we wanted to get in today, um, which is talking about uh, some of the things that have happened in March um, with not only ourselves, uh, but like the kids that were around and the kids when we weren't around them and we've seen some different things start to change. So I, I know that was one topic uh, we were going to talk about just because we have a little bit different perspective because, you know, we're around kids all the time, um, usually. And then you have the last 10 to 11 months where 
you didn't see each other as much. And I think we've all noticed a lot of change, um, us and the kids, and maybe even the kids see things in us that we don't necessarily know yet. And it'll be interesting as time goes on, if those conversations come out, which I'm sure when wrestling season happens, um, cause you have a little bit closer bond or with each other all the time, things come up and you start to, yeah. to have a conversation that, that, that could be a topic that comes up from them on their side. So I guess for you, right. Justin, are, is what are some things that you're taking away from? Well, let's just let's go, kids. We're not going to name names or anything else, but like students that you have, or wrestlers that you have, or things like that. I mean, what what is some of the things that you're you've noticed either during this, the beginning of this, middle of this? What's going on now? Well, I think what's really different too is the fact that. I'm teaching in a district that's been in person this pretty much this entire school year. Uh, my own children go to a school district that has been in person this entire school year. And so that's, I think, been a, been a large part of what some people, you know, might be experiencing differently. And I know there's a lot of different opinions on both ways, but I can tell you, uh, for for what I saw when we came back in August right away, and this was primarily the students because we still really haven't been. Well, no, I will I will comment on my wrestlers specifically too. But in August, um, I think kids were pretty happy to be back at school because at that point they hadn't been in school since March. They hadn't seen their you know a lot of them hadn't seen their friends or just getting back to some normalcy, and so I think that was a really positive thing and. Now, students have an option to be online. They don't have to come to school right now. They can do an online program. Um, but for the kids that have decided to come back to school, uh, we've seen a lot of good stuff from them. Um, I, think, I think it's definitely been eye-opening to how fragile all of this is, you know, both school and just even society and things like that. So I think that's been a really good thing. And then uh, wrestling-wise, uh, in the fall, we were not allowed to have any contact or anything. But one thing I did was twice a week, um, I was allowing, uh, I could have up to nine guys with me. And I had nine guys coming in and working out twice a, work, twice a week with me from, I want to say September right up into November. It was a solid two months. And we were outside. Uh, we were outside doing workouts. And just we were doing a lot of body weight stuff, just running on a track. And then I was putting them through a good 30 to 40 minute workout before school on those days. And they were, I mean, had to be there at 645 and they were happy to be there and they were ready to go. And so, and I've, I've recognized and I've heard other coaches say some similar things where, you know, look, you kind of have every excuse in the book not to be there right now. So if, if you're there, you want to be there. And I've just noticed a lot of good positivity from that. It's, so I don't even want to go back a little further because you, you, I think you've given us a pretty good idea of what's <clears throat> kind of going on now, which I, I have a different story about what's been going on just because my school district has done a hybrid learning. Uh, we were remote for a while. So I, we've been kind of up and down on the map. But I, I'm even going to go further back for you. March. Okay, so we're about mid-March. Things are kind of getting to its peak. Um, tell me about you finding out that things are happening at the school, that work is going to be changing for you, for, 
for you and everybody else? Um, what was the response for yourself? And, and, and how about like the kids responding to that? They, you know, cause March from there on for that school year definitely changed the outlook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Going back to March, I mean, every, first everybody was just in shock. You know, I think for the first part, it was going to be like, holy cow, I can't believe this. And I remember the first time when I started realizing this is big was when the NBA and, and canceled their season. They were the NBA, I think, was the first one to to really shut down. And when that happened, I thought, OK, this isn't a small thing. And then the and then the NCAA tournaments, you know, both wrestling and basketball end up getting shut down. And when I started seeing like the money that that those places were walking away from, that's when it really started hitting. And then, unfortunately for us, our basketball team was rolling last year. I think they were ranked second or third in state. They had just won their sectional, and they were hosting the super sectional. And they had a they had a look like I think they had a team they had already beaten like twice that year. And then they were going to, if they win that game, they're top four. And then they had a legit chance of getting in the finals and they canceled those games. And, and it was just kind of, I, I felt horrible for the seniors and for the kids, you know, those, those kids have been playing together. And, and I know a lot of people want to point off and say like, oh, well, you know, you, you know, when, when I think when people get upset about the conversations that happen around that, and they say, well, like, well, we can't put sports ahead of anything. Well, and especially then, you're right, we can't. But that still doesn't mean that it wasn't sad and heartbreaking for those kids. You know, it still doesn't mean that, hey, kids, this is nothing that you've done, but you're done. Yeah. So I think some people look past that, you know, and just maybe people that aren't in the sports world don't know that look it you know some people might see it as a three-month season for those kids like hey these kids are seniors this is literally what they've been talking about for the last 10 years you know it's what they've been working towards so i think more people can relate if they just put it in a different context because not everybody plays sports i understand that but mm -hmm. if you were in musicals if you were in the band if you were an artist any of those things socially were gone um, and so I think a lot of people, you know, felt I wish robbed, if you will, that they didn't get a chance. I mean, graduations got switched up, graduation parties, proms, you know, so, so the younger people went through a lot of things. I mean, I can tell you, oh, when this hit, let's see, it was a Thursday of, I think it was March 13th, somewhere around there. It was a Thursday before that weekend. And one of the people I teach with said to me, hey, this coronavirus thing is becoming more and more of a thing. They're talking about Chicago. Maybe they're closed down schools. Well, I was going to a wedding in Florida um, that weekend. So I, I had taken a personal day on Friday. So Thursday, I was going to head up to Chicago, fly out. So the last thing she says to me is, hey, we might not be even back when you come back. And I said, I will see you on Monday. Don't worry about it. I'm going down to this wedding. So there I go. Get on the flight. Get down there. Um, late at Thursday night, I get a text message on my phone that says, we're going to have a staff meeting in the morning. And if they call staff meetings before school starts, usually that's an indication that we got a problem. 
So lo and behold, later that day, basically school districts comes out and says, we're going full remote, right? And I'm like, oh, this is interesting, you know, because at this point, there's technology that are in school, but we weren't prepared. No one was prepared to say, all learning online, right? The kids aren't ready for it. The adults aren't ready for it. The school's not set up for it. So it's kind of like scramble mode. We got to do this. Well, I'm in Florida going through this wedding, which is fine. The wedding was great, blah, blah, blah. As we're coming back from there, um, the airports were a very interesting place to be. Coming in, everything was fine. Nobody was, I mean, they were taking precautions, but I don't think anybody was overly doing it. On the way back, we're in the airport in Florida. I'm seeing some people being cautious, and I can I can think of one scene. Uh, because when we were waiting for our flight, we went and got food in a restaurant there. And the lady in front of me dropped something out of her purse. And once she did that, everyone around her looked at each other like, is anyone going to pick this up? Should we pick it up? Is it a good <laughs> idea to pick it up? And I'm like, I'm going to be the guy. So I reached down and I handed it back to her. And, uh, you know, everybody accepted it and it was fine. But it was just that it became an awkward moment. Something so simple that no one would have thought twice about became like an awkward deal. And then so we flew out of there. And then when you got back, when we got back to Chicago, it was a whole different world. Like people were, they didn't want you anywhere near them. And that's hard at a large airport. Like I don't want you, I don't want you near me either, but there's not much I can do. Um, and so then the whole process of, of the remote learning, just nowhere was prepared for it. And I'm not blaming anybody on that. It's just, that's the way it was. Nobody saw this come. The world didn't see it coming. So how, how is some small district in, and, and now we're only going to know that this is, is coming down on them. Um, and then from the kids, I, I would actually like to hear a little bit of that from the kids is what they initially thought, because I think what they initially thought is, Hey, this is kind of awesome. Now, not the ones that were in sports when they figured out sports were going to be on, but I think the general yeah. consensus maybe for some of the kids is like, Hey, I'm not going to have to go to school. I'm going to be able to be home. I can do this and that. Well, as the story progressed, which I'm sure anybody listening to this already knows, it flips, right? I mean, pretty soon the kids start to realize, hey, I can't see my friends. Hey, sports are gone. Hey, those teachers that used to bother me so much, they're not around anymore. And I'm falling a little bit behind. Or even if they don't realize they're falling behind, they're probably realizing I'm not really getting anywhere right now. I'm kind of stuck in neutral. Um, and I think that happened to a lot of kids, uh, yeah. and physically and mentally, the physical things, uh, you can easily see the difference in people, adults and kids that you haven't seen in a while. And then all of a sudden you see them and there's some people that put on weight and there's some people that lost weight. There's, <laughs> I've worked with middle school kids. So all of a sudden they completely changed. Some of them grow like five inches since the last yeah. time I see them. So it's. <laughs> But there's a dynamic there that was, it's been interesting to go through. Um, it's been hard for a lot of people. I mean, and I think every single person has a story about how it's affected them. Obviously, it's affected all our lives. Um, but personally, for for members of their family, friends, um, jobs, I mean, it's, it's, it's changed a lot of things. And I think we'll talk about that as we go further. But I just thought it was interesting to just hear this perspective of, 
hey, when this hit, like how how did that trickle down start to happen and what were you seeing? And so that was some of the things I saw. The kids were a little excited at first. The adults were like, whoa, this is really happening and now we've got to put some sort of a structure together or something we weren't prepared for. Um, and, and a lot of people did a lot of work. And you know what? There was mistakes that, that happened, but we didn't know. People mm-hmm. didn't know any better. Um, and so I really think this is this is an example of struggle that has happened that I feel like people were getting the grasp on it and they were working through the struggle to make the best out of it they can. And were there flaws? Yes. Are there still flaws? Absolutely. I can tell you for sure one thing that I've learned and I think most people around here have learned is anybody had the idea that we don't need brick and mortar buildings for kids. They don't need teachers in a classroom. They can sit in front of their computer and just do this. That That's not working, man. Be- not only because some of the kids aren't doing the work because there's nobody there to push them, but social skills are bad right now. They're not good. Kids mentally still aren't all the way there. Um, and I'd say that even for the adults, we're not, we're not all the way back yet. Um, and I think everything probably is that same way, but it's, I think it really does fit the theme of, of what we're talking about. One of the things about the American struggle, well, this has been a big part, and it's been a world struggle, I understand that, but we're taking from the perspective of what we've kind of seen. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, it's a great point, too, about the little kids, too, or, or just, you know, just, I even shouldn't clarify to just little kids, you're, there's been an idea, you know, the last few years that like, ah, these teachers, like, oh, we got it. We could get rid of all of them and we could, and it's like, well, okay, now you see, you know, what, what happens and how important socially school is, you know, now I am, I am 100% in the camp of, we need to change school up. I, this has put a highlight on the fact that we're still teaching to, we're still, in education, we're still teaching to a, a, a school day that's like 200 years old. You know, life has changed a lot since then. And I'll be the first one to admit, I'm slow to change. You know, I typically, I'm, I'm normally kicking and screaming going into change. But I believe that, especially at the high school level, that, 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 that we need to update our school days to better accommodate kids. You know, the idea of, hey, you just need to sit here all day and, yeah, go take, uh, go take you know, your second study hall of the day just because you have to be here at that time. It's like you're, we're wasting time, you know, like these kids could be doing something else or out differently, more of like a, almost kind of like a college day type setting. You know, I've seen some people promoting stuff like that. I don't think that you can just outright like, hey, you're here this hour and then you're gone for an hour and then you come back. I don't, I don't think that would work, but I definitely think that changing things up would be worth it. And I think that would, you know, we're moving in the right direction. COVID has highlighted like all of the things that we haven't done right for a while. It has highlighted all of those things. So, um, you know, and yeah, I definitely agree that Kids need to be in a building. They need to be together. They need to, because it's important to learn together, but it's also important to learn those social skills, those non-classroom skills that they need throughout the day. I'm going to pose a question to you because I think this is important um, because we talk about other people and ourselves a lot, um, but 
I want to hear your, what your your kids went through. Your boys. What are, what has their reaction been to this this thing? And and you can start back in March or whatever way you want to kind of frame mm-hmm. it. But I, I'm interested to see kind of their perspective that you've heard from them. Well, my youngest, it wasn't as big of a deal because he he really just started pre-K this year. But my oldest, uh, by the end of the spring, he was really struggling. It was a bad struggle for him. And I, I really felt for him. And I, I was really upset about a lot of things, not specifically with any school district, but just that I was frustrated for him. And, and it honestly, it, it really, um, I feel that our family does a good job with this already, but it really put a highlight on us this summer on to really focus on controlling the things that you can control as a family and, and do the things for your children that you can, that, that, you know, you can do for them now. Um, when they went back, uh, I would say they, the school did a good job. They were, they were very well prepared when they got back to school and said, you know, got them ready for, Hey, if we go remote or, or adapting to a new system. And they did that. They did go remote a little bit around Thanksgiving. Um, but it luckily it was only for about two weeks total. And then from there they went right back into school. And, and I've, I, I feel like we've been very fortunate to have them back in school and they've done a good job with it. So. Okay, so how about how about uh, even like in a in a public? Let's not even go to the school. Like, uh, uh, did they deal with a mask? Okay, were there were there anything? And that's to be a question about even where you live. Was it was there things shut down that they didn't understand or complained about? Were shut down? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. You know, the truth is what I've kind of what I've personally taken from this is. I actually think that all of the shutdowns and the masks and all that stuff, I think it's been way harder on us and adults. Like as far as the way we've handled it, I've noticed with the boys, you know, they, they have to wear masks when they're at school. Um, I've noticed with them, they kind of like, okay, no big deal, you know, like, and it really hasn't seemed to affect them. And you know, I like they've, they've handled it pretty well. Um, whereas I think me, you know, I've struggled more with it, you know, than they have, but I also think that's a part of probably just children being a, being a lot more like moldable and just easier going about everything. Not as stubborn as me yeah. and hard headed. <laughs> I would say for, for my kids, um, that the mask thing didn't bother them too much either. I just had to remind them when to put it on, which at the beginning of this, I'm, I'm going to say there's been a few times where we had to run back to the truck because <laughs> we forgot the mask all the way around. So, uh, but, uh, things like around here for a while, the playgrounds and stuff were closed down and that was, was hard when the weather was decent and you'd be outside and we'd go to a park but like the playground set is right there and you know, you get the sign that says can't be on the playground. Well, you know, at the time my kids are three and four. So trying to explain to a three and four year old why he can't use equipment that's sitting right there is, <laughs> is interesting. So I will give them this. I mean, they don't totally understand the words like germs, 
but they've got a concept now because it's the Jeremy's. Why am I watching with my hands? Oh, it's the Jeremy's. Why are we doing this? You know, or why is this close? And so that was interesting. And like my daughter, and my son's getting more this way too. They love to go places, and it might be the store. It might, you know, they would love to go to the park and playground, but they they want to go get in the car, go someplace, just because it's it's a new, it's a it's, it's something's going on. Um, and so for them not to be really going out when things were kind of towards the peak of it, that was interesting because that was something I would hear a lot from them. You know, so you what you do is you you try to get them involved in whatever's going on around your house. Uh, I think a lot of families probably spend a lot more time just playing games, going outside, um, you know, whether they have their own play set out there or playing with a ball in the backyard or whatever it was. So to, there is a silver lining, I think, to this that I do think some parents got some more time with their children um, and, a, and a connection there, which, like I said, I, I think that is a positive. I know probably – for myself, that was one of the positives I've seen. I, I think I, I became more aware of what is going on day to day instead of thinking of all the rushing things I got to get done. You know, it did give an opportunity to maybe slow some things down, especially in your own home, I think. So, yeah. Well, and I think with coaching too, I mean, when you're a coach, you're always thinking about like six months out from right. now. So there's always something to do six months out. So you're always thinking like, oh, I got to be getting this lined up. I got to get this set up. I got to be doing this. And so to know, like, like a question that has ran through my mind uh, in the last year has been, and, and, and look, before I say this, I should say I've been very fortunate to have not lost a job, to have been able to continue to get, you know, my normal paycheck. And I'm very fortunate for that. Um, not everybody is. Yeah, I totally agree but there. I, I will say that if somebody came to you and said, hey, uh, for the next year of your life, you're not going to have any of the obligations that you've typically had before. You're not going to lose a paycheck. And you can spend as much time with your family as you want. Like how many people would take that? Yeah, yeah, it's looking like a lot yeah, of people. A lot of people are going to take that. It's, it's I mean, and out. obviously the one caveat with that is, oh yeah, by the way, uh, you probably can't travel and go out to restaurants yeah. and do stuff like that. You know, it's there's going to be a global pandemic going on, so you can't do that. But my my central my central thing this summer specifically was has been control what you can control like i've really tried to focus on um and that includes my family that includes me personally i'm i'm gonna be selfish for a minute and i'm gonna say i've never had this type of time in my adult life to like get myself physically and mentally as right as i've had to do like i've never had this amount of of time to just sit down and say like hey um yeah, I, I need to get myself physically in better shape. I need to mentally get myself in better shape in a few spots. And so that part of it, I've tried to take advantage of, and I'm I'm proud of myself in the way that I've been able to do that. Um, are there anything, you know, are there any things that you, that you tried um, that you never, you never, you never did before? 
whether it be hobby or anything like that? Is there anything you can think off the top of your head? Yeah. Well, the one the yeah, well, the one thing right away that comes to mind is I've just I've read a ton this this year. Not I mean, obviously I'd read before a year ago, like a couple of, you know, picture books or whatever. <laughs> but no, I finally I mean I, I like reading. I just never have the time for it. And like during season, like when we're in season, when I get home at night, I don't have the mental capacity to take on anything into my brain. Like it's, there's nothing going in. And so knowing that, Hey, I've been able to get a lot of like things done around the house and, and check off things off my list. I've been able to relax a lot more and read a book and just say, you know, and so that's probably been one of the best things you know, for me, um, I know that it's stuck out. I don't, I mean, I've with like my woodworking and, and all of that stuff, I've, I've been able to do a lot of things and try a lot of things that I haven't done. Um, which, you know, I'll, that'll be a conversation for another day, but yeah, I've, that's probably been the air, my area of growth that I've probably grown the most in because I just got out in the shop every day and, and worked a lot. So that's good. What about you? Uh, what about you? What have you done? Well, it depends on what stage we we're talking about, but I could tell you just <laughs> the thing that just keeps popping in my head. Cause it's like, you know, you, one of the things people talk about, how do you better yourself? What did you, did you, did you find something new to do? And I, and I was one of the people trying to find some new things to do. And so one of the things that I did was, uh, Oh God, I can't even remember the name of the, what they actually call it. But, uh, essentially, I started uh, taking wood, and I was just using pine. And I and I bought a small machine from I don't remember what was online. And I started doing the like wood burning or carving. Yeah. So I started doing yeah. some of that, and 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 I found that I really enjoyed it. And I and I probably I still have it, obviously, um, but I fell off of it a little bit. But I, I was enjoying it. I, I and it was just a way to do something to keep me occupied. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm guessing you probably did about every home project you could think of that you were able to do during that time. Uh, I did. I mean, we still didn't get to the bottom of my list, but yes, yeah, I, did. I mean, you're probably never going to do that, but you know, a lot of cleaning, a yeah. lot of this and that, and a lot of painting and, and that type of thing. And, um, so it's just interesting because, you know, normally you sit down and you're, you're making a list of like I said, all the things you got to do in a day for this week and thinking six months out for your wrestling program. And now you're sitting down and I would sit down and be like, okay, well, uh, what are we going to do today? And I got to come up with some other things. And, and I found myself, I make lists anyways, but I think that even mentally put me in a better position of, okay, I got my list of things that I want to kind of do today. And that's going to keep me on track. I've got, I've got a track that I've got to get done and I want to get done. Um, and so, like you said, I've, I've, I've tried some new things. Uh, I think for a while we all felt like we we're on hold. I think we still feel we're a little bit on hold, but I also think there were some positive things that probably came out of this overall. And, uh, I think mm -hmm. it's important for us to think about those things too. Um, did you, did you see my paddleboard? I don't think I saw your paddleboard. Oh yeah, that was that was a oh, thing yeah. that I've been wanting to do in the shop. That is right. I bought a, I did buy, I did buy a paddleboard kit. I'm still, I finally got my top glued, but 
my goal originally was to have it on the water by the fall. That didn't happen. I'm not even halfway done with it. But right now, so now I want to get it finished up and I want to get it glassed over the over the winter here. And then my goal is by the spring, I'm going to be on that thing. And then next year, you're going to buy a Chris Craft kit and you're going to put a boat together, right? Yeah, no, that's canoe is the next thing. That's my boys. My boys for Father's Day bought me the, uh, there's a, a really popular, just it's a really basic like how to on a canoe but it's kind of like the the guy the go-to guy wrote a how-to um build a wooden canoe strip wooden wooden strip canoe and uh i was kidding about the kiss craft but i guess you actually did start (laughs) building boats (laughs) yeah no for sure so no that's that's i've been wanting to get into boat building so but uh yeah, so that's I got my foot in the door, I'll say, with the paddleboard. So, but yeah, we'll just keep humming along and doing all we can, and um, yeah. Can you? So what do you? Can you think of? Uh, you got anything specific that got canceled? Let's just say for the wrestling side, because we did get through the season, which was, which was great. I was really happy that we, yeah, we that got was through, so that was great for us. Yeah. Well, and especially, you know, last year was finally our year where we won a regional, you know, so like we knew, I, I knew we had a legit chance to win it uh, about midway through the season. And so it really would have busted me up bad to have not gotten that chance. Um, but, you know, there's like, I, like I was speaking about our basketball team. Uh, those guys were ranked second or third in state and they, kind of had the rug pulled out from under them and so that you know the guys I coach you know the basketball coaches that I work with there like you know I've felt for them but uh wrestling wise I mean there were obviously the junior high kids if you don't recall like junior high did not finish their season you know so that was tough on them so I know that's kind of left some of them hungry to to get back after it um so yeah there's uh, I, I mean, I, I think we have our opinions about, you know, what's went on here about wrestling, but at minimum I am, if you take out everything and if I take out my biases out of everything, um, I'm excited to get back on the mats with the guys this spring, you know, and just get back to it with them. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I... One of the other biggest things that probably happened as far as, and I'm keeping it in my realm, was like uh, for wrestling, we usually did the freestyle stuff, which happens in the spring. That didn't happen. Mm. And then they were kind of, we go to a camp usually, the Iron Sharpens Iron Camp, mm. and we were getting ready to go, and I had everybody kind of rolled, and then it just all came to almost a standstill. Um, and I know some kids were disheartened. And the great thing about this camp that we go to is, yes, it is it is wrestling. There is technique. There are national champs, Olympic champs coming in and showing those things. Um, you do wrestle dual meets against people, so there's lots of wrestling going on, which is great. But the other part is take these kids up. They stay in the dorms. Um, they get to know their teammates. They get a chance to be a little bit away. And one of the things that I found really interesting over the years with that camp is I'd always have parents talk to me later and they'd be like, Hey, you know, 
my kid really doesn't seem to be on their phone. I maybe text them and they text like short answers back. You know, they're true worried. They're like, are my kids getting in trouble? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I would talk to them. And I'm like, well, that's because your kids, we went to the pool, went to the city pool. They were jumping off of this and that, or yeah. we were back in the dorms and they were, you know, being a bunch of wrestlers and hanging out and telling stories and, <laughs> you know, whatever, eating snacks. And, and so I think for me, the greatest part about that was just what we got out of that. And I've been doing that, I think, six or seven years um, was the bond that it created between those teams. And I I truly believe that that was a key component to some of the things that successes that my program has has had over the last few years. Um, uh, We took third place in the state. 2017 and before that we had started going to this camp and that group overachieved where it needed to be and i say that in a good way they overachieve if you're a coach and you have a team that you feel is overachieving man you don't feel you feel great you you feel like man I've, i've done my job these guys are doing more than i could have expected from them and and our our theme of that year my theme pretty much from now on is one of the things i talk about is doing your job and we were very open during that time period of we need you to specifically do this. And, and then when you're talking about wrestling, it might be you, you, we might not be counting on you to win. We'd love if you would win. Obviously we want you to, but <laughs> your job might not to get pinned. It might not be to get tech ball. It might be, Hey, you got to keep this mm-hmm. match close as much as you can, as long as you can, because if you do that, Here's what we're going to try to do in other areas. And when we were open about that, we got a lot of buy-in from people because they understood. It wasn't a question of, hey, what do I need to do? No, we've already had that conversation. And not only do you know what you need to do, your teammate knows what you're supposed to do. And so they're, they got to help mm-hmm. you get, get your do- job done. Now, he needs to focus on his job, but if you if you need help realizing what you need to do, you've got someone to lean on. Um, and like I said, a lot of that I think came out of the camp because just like anybody else in life, when you, when you develop a positive relationship with somebody, even if you don't know it, that person means something to you now more than they did Mm -hmm. before. And, and you're going to do something for them when they need it. And they're going to do something for you when you need it, if they have the ability to. And, and I think that was that was one of the things I seen through that camp. And I, and I, and I know I went on a tangent off of that, but it's so, and I guess I did because missing that was a big part of what my guys and my coaching staff were used to doing. Um, and then obviously we, we had a young man that was on our team that, that passed away this last year. Um, very unfortunate circumstances. Was very big into wrestling. Was a great kid. I mean, this was the kid that came in, and every day he was the one that would come. What are we doing today? Was excited to be there, and he was he was good. He was talented. He he was getting better. He was understanding it, but he just loved being there. Uh, and the kids loved him, and and that's been a part of a struggle that the kids have been processing, that I've been processing. Um, one of the things we even talked about, or I've even talked about to people that I know is I'm really happy that this season is going to happen because one of the things that my team needs to do, not only my kids, but me too, as a coach and my coaching staff is we need to take 
to step forward. And that's part of our healing process that I really yeah. feel like needs to happen. And, and, and a little bit is that, like I said, I'm a little selfish here too, because I feel like I need it to happen. You know, a, a traumatic experience with everything else that was going on. You added that onto the mix. Um, and they responded well. They, they've done a nice job. And, and I think they will keep doing that. Um, I just, I, I, I want to give that to them. And I, and I want it myself. So. Well, as coaches, we feel like we've had a, like I flat out told the parent three weeks ago, I just, I, I, you know, this was before we found out that things were going to open up. I told the parent three weeks ago, I was like, I just, I feel like a horrible coach. Like I, I'm, I'm not doing my job. I feel, you know, part of your job, like you said, is, is being there, you know, and, and being that you know you and i we both had good high school coaches we both had people that did those things for us and so i know you and me like i got into it because i wanted to hand that back off to somebody you know i wanted someone else to feel the way that i did you know and to have that level of of i guess identity or have that level of of purpose you know, I think that's honestly what wrestling, the sport of wrestling brings to anybody. And it's just what you said. How many, how many stories, especially this is why, God, this is why I love uh, a good dual team because every single kid in the room counts, like all the way down to your worst kid. Like they, they, every single kid counts. Everybody's got to pull their weight. Everybody's got to work. Even if you're not going to be wrestling in the duel. You got to be there, and in in dual wrestling, you know it's going to come down to the kid that has a ten and twelve record. He's been wrestling with you for three years, and the duel's going to come down to that kid, and you need him not to get pinned. <laughs> and he's wrestling like a kid that was like a sectional qualifier, you know, so he's a little bit better than him, and it's like, oh man. How are we going to do this? And it just, everybody gets intense. And But I mean, isn't that know, the, I, mean, I know you're, you're, you're saying it. I can see your face right now. Everybody else can't see your face. But it's also the, I mean, it's that, it's the great moment. It's that moment in sports that everybody is looking for. And it's there. And it's just, it's a magical thing. And when we're going through it, I don't think that way. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to do whatever. But yeah, you know, right, when it's yeah. over, oh geez, I'm the like if you're on a bus ride home, if you want to listen to some interesting conversation sometime, you know, you if you hear coaches <laughs> after some of these things happen, you know, we're we're just as excited as the kid and we've got nine thousand things that are going through our head and you know. And I always try to take out a piece of paper on the way home. And I talk to my coaches, hey, what do we need to work out of this? That comes, but usually before that comes, uh, you know, there, there's always a story that goes along with whatever's going on. And sometimes it's there's always, silly. It's always like some that probably the most frustrating ones are like, we literally drilled that the night before. That's all we talked about. Yeah. That that's what he was going to do, you know, or then the other one is like, it's like, you know, maybe you get a win from a kid that, on your team that had no business, you know, maybe beat somebody that's way better than him or something off some janky, you know, some gator roll or something stupid like that, that you're like, we never do this. And then they do it. And it's like, 
get upset with them, but then they won. And so it never ends. But it's that's what's so funny about wrestling is that everybody gets their chance. And, and I've always, the one thing that I've always loved about wrestling is that you can't, if you aren't in the starting lineup, you can't go to coach and be like, coach, you're not playing me. You know, you didn't put me in. You didn't give me the ball. You didn't know, man. If you want to be in the lineup, beat the guy ahead of you. Yeah. Challenge matches or Tuesday night, you know, yeah. whatever. And I'll always, it's the most, to me, it's the most honest sport that there is. You know, it, it truly is a high integrity sport. That, that and track, because I got to stop watching. Yeah. I, I know, I know if you're faster than the other guy, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That's the great thing about wrestling. And, and I've, I've been very fortunate. I haven't ran into a whole lot of people being upset about, you know, Hey, my kid's not this or that. I mean, because it is, that's the sport. Hey man, your, your, your kid still has a role on the team, but they, they got to win. If you want to be the person, that's, that's yeah. just, that's just how it is. Um, and yeah, you're right. I think that's one of the u- uniqueness about our, our sport. And even if you don't talk about your team in the end to be all it's you versus me, <laughs> someone's not leaving here with a W, <laughs> right? So it's the right. ultimate gut check of like, yep. and there's not a whole lot of people to blame. I mean, now don't get me wrong. There are things that you can, you know, and I, I'm not perfect. There's mistakes that I've made, and a lot of times it's positioning. Should we have taken top there? Should we have taken bottom and what situation we're in? Um, but for the most part, I mean, 90% of it, if not 95, is once you're out there, it's it's you. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to give you a lot of strategy. I'm not a person that is up the whole match screaming at people all the time. I just This is not who I am. It's not my personality. Now. If you hear me getting loud, it's because I am seeing something and I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure you see it. And I'm getting excited just along with the crowd as it's going up, right? Everybody's emotions go up. Um, but it is on you. And it's a hard feeling to lose a hard-fought match. It's a hard feeling when you go out there and time after time, if you're not that great, if you're new, you're just getting your butt kicked because it's a tough sport. Um, but... <laughs> When that magic happens and you pull something out that you didn't know you could do, but you you were going for it, and it works, and that hand gets raised, there is a more pride in that moment than I, I don't even know how to describe it because you took someone on one on one and you came out on top, and it is you, and it. Mm-hmm. And it you're showing your work. All the work that you've done to that moment got to where you are. And I think that's the greatest part about wrestling. You really, a lot of times, what you put in, you're going to see in the end. Now, it doesn't always happen. There is a talent factor that is definitely there. And some people are just better at it than others. But when you do see a kid do that, man, not, you know they feel great and you feel great. Because you're like, wow, look at, look at what this guy's done. And it's just a cool thing. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, like you said, and it, it really is just an experience that you have to feel yourself. Yeah, you know, you just you have to be a part of it. And I always kind of get a kick out of when we get a kid out that maybe hasn't wrestled before. His family's never done it before. You know, his family doesn't know a whole lot about it. And then about halfway through the season, you can tell like mom is all in. Yeah, all in. You know, they they've gotten pulled in. They're screaming from the bleacher. You know, they're like. 
two weeks ago, they were like, what's a takedown? What is this? What's going I don't know what's going on. And then two weeks later, they're fully invested. <laughs> and they're just, it pulls you in like that, like no other man. So, and it's, ten, it's intense, you know, it's, you're going to know the result when that handshake goes down, you're going to know the result within the next six minutes. Yeah. You know, so, but all right, man. Well, what do you think? What do you think for our first one there? I, you know what? I, I think this is pretty good. We uh, we had a couple things that were worked through there as we're going along, and we're going to get the hang of it. But we appreciate everybody coming along. And, Justin, I appreciate the opportunity because getting a chance just to talk to somebody that is passionate about what they're doing, um, it's awesome. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great for me to yeah. have somebody else that has a lot of similar things going on in their life and to see – similar things coming back from you is like okay all right somebody else is seeing kind of these things that i'm seeing and, <laughs> you know because you're like and eh, do i just really like this and everybody else is kind of like eh. i mean you know that's not the truth because if you've been to a wrestling meet that's any good you you know um but uh it, it's yeah. just it's a great opportunity for me and i appreciate it no yeah for sure and like i said uh you know some of the the i think the some of our topics that we want to get into um, and the people that we're going to bring on, I, it's going to be exciting and, and I'm always going to enjoy it. I like getting in and I like, I like having conversations like this with people. Yeah. So, it's, it's you been know, good. Um, yeah. Well, if you've made it to the last minute here of episode one, congratulations. Woo-hoo. So hopefully you've enjoyed it as much as we have. We're uh, thanks for Thanks for hanging in and working out with the working the kinks out with us a little bit. And uh, we've got some things to fix. I hope my audio is okay because it doesn't. I'm worried that it's going to be low again. So I don't know. But we'll see. But well, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. In, all right. in the words of the famous Paul Harvey, good day. <laughs> That's it? That's it. <laughs> I, I thought there was maybe going to be something more profound. I, I didn't listen to a lot of Paul Harvey. I've heard some. Oh, my. But <laughs> Paul Harvey matters. You better look him up. All right. I will. Just so everybody knows, Chris Chris is a history major, so he is a history educator. So you'll you'll be able to keep us on the up and up there. I'll just probably sound like a random old man speaking once in a while, but I'm not that old, well, so it's just going to be. No, I, w- I mean, I, we, I want to get into some deep American history. I do. I want to get into some deep American history. Um, I tell you what, while we're doing that, because one of the things I like to do, I'm just going to go ahead, because I didn't tell you to prepare for this. I'm going to just shout out one YouTube channel that I have found recently, and it's called The History Underground. And I think I sent you, Chris, a link to a video. Did you watch it? Well, Justin, you've you faded off on the end of that, so I didn't quite get what, what you yeah. said on the which. Yeah, you got all that down. But. Well, then I'm, man, I'm worried that my audio is going to suck. Then, but you know what? For the most anyways. part, it's been good. It's just been a couple parts, so you you might have to edit off the okay. end of that. All right. Well, anyways, I shouted out the history underground on YouTube. Did I send you a link to that video? I do think you sent me He does some really good videos. He does. What I like about it is that he, it, it's all American history. That's right. And he's just telling like 
one glimpse of a story. Like it, it won't be about a whole battle on the Civil War. It'll be like on this like butcher that let these soldiers into his back, the back store or something like that. You know, it's stuff. Yeah, like that. you sent me down that rabbit hole one night. Yeah, now I remember. Did you watch a bunch? I, yeah, I know it was bunch? forever, and it is cool. I, I that's the stuff that I mean. YouTube's a great he thing. He seems like a, but I could I am hours later. I'm like, how did I? End up oh yeah. No. I mean, that's pretty much. I re, I really don't watch hardly any TV now. I pretty much just watch YouTube. I mean, that's just so. But he seems like a guy that we would hang out with. I you, feel. You like know who seems like a guy I'd hang out with? Mike Rowe. Who's that? Mike Rowe. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. I'd love to have a beer with that guy. Well, you could probably bring him on. I mean, you're not exactly a huge hog farmer, but, you know, that's a dirty job. That is a dirty job. So maybe we can get him on someday. Maybe. See. You know, you have to have aspirations. That's that's the key, right? That's part of the – you no, don't make a goal. So now you've publicly stated you want to try to get Mike Rowe on the show. All right. Okay. Well, let's do let's it. Do let's it. get it figured out. All so. right, buddy. I – uh. So, do you have any outro for us? I kind of I brought us in. Do you have anything you want to end us on here? Uh, well, let's just start off with this caveat. I I told you before we started to have something <laughs> for when we started. Um, so, you know what? Maybe maybe what I can do as a, as opposed to an ending. And by the way, I did have an ending. It was good day. That was Paul Harvey. But mm. apparently, we're not letting that fly. So. I will come, I will come up with a beginning for the next show. How about that? All right. Sounds good. All right, buddy. So All right. Well, everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, I should say. Episode 1, These American Hands, and I hope you enjoyed. Everybody have a great day, and we will see you on the next one.